Welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. I'm Amanda Pruel Walsh, founder of Astrology Hub and your host for our flagship show. We explore the many ways astrology can support you in your relationships, career, health, and personal growth. Thanks for tuning in. Well, hello and welcome. I am so happy that you are back here with us for our house series. And today we're going to be taking a deep dive into the ninth house. And I am here with galactic astrologer and upcoming inner circle astrologer guide, Julia Balaz, who will be helping us understand all things ninth house. Each week we're releasing a new episode focused on one of the houses taught by one of our inner circle astrologer guides and mentors. And we are going to be opening up our membership very soon. So if you are not yet on the wait list, I highly recommend you do that. You can go to astrologyhub.com slash IC23. All of the teachers that you're meeting as a part of this house series are going to be our astrologer guides for the entire 12 to 13 months ahead. And so if you love them, this will be a great time to just have that very regular, consistent teachings from them as you continue to deepen into your astrological studies. I'd love to just give you a little bit more background on Julia. She is amazing. We are so grateful to have Julia here with us at Astrology Hub and especially in the inner circle. So for many years, Julia felt guided to meticulously study astrological charts of her clients after their regression hypnosis sessions. She was looking for some verification on extraterrestrial information that came up in so many of those sessions. As a result of analyzing close to 2,000 astrological charts, including fixed star alignments, Julia feels called to share her research data confirming epic cosmic orchestration and influence of celestial bodies on our lives, supporting our collective evolution. A passionate researcher of souls journeying through cosmos, Julia shares her intriguing discoveries on her social media and in her online courses. And she is here with us today. And we are so grateful to be talking about the ninth house, which for me just feels like the perfect house for you specifically to be talking about, Julia. How'd you feel when you got assigned ninth house? Celebrated. Happy dance. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And you know, last week when we were covering the eighth house with Ryan Butler, I found it really interesting. The eighth house is just such this like deep kind of a little bit brooding and, you know, not the most uplifting of conversations at times. But then you go right to the ninth house where it's like you went into those depths in the eighth house and now you're coming out in the ninth house and it's it's a very different energy. And that's one of the things that I love about the cosmos. It's like, it's not all one thing. We're always moving through these different, energies and they're all within us. And so we're having this opportunity to experience all of it. So Julia, let's start here with the ninth house and just go high level. What does the ninth house represent in astrology? Thank you. And before I go there, I just want to point out what you just said there. It's actually quite genius how each house following the previous house is kind of correcting the extreme of that previous house. They're correcting each other. When you think about it, it's actually quite amazing how it truly is so. So we go from the steepest dive of the eighth house to the highest highs of the ninth house. Wow. If- and, and, and just reflecting on what we covered in the eighth house, one of the, the extremes of it may be one of the things Ryan brought up quite a bit, which is that anxiety and fear and 
depression on some level could be potentially seen as one of the extremes. And what I'm hearing from you is that what the ninth house offers is almost like an antidote to some of those experiences. Yes, like let's be resourceful. Let's find a way. Let's figure this out. It's like problem solving house. Oh my gosh, you use the word exactly that he said. He said, oh, if you're resourced, right. if you're going through an eighth house transit and you're resourced, then that's when you actually get to use, get the benefits of that, that challenging time in your life. So amazing that you're literally echoing without having even seen the eighth house. The synchronicity. Yes. Yes. So if you look at the traditional astrology, um, which derives meaning of different planets and houses based on how nature manifests and everyday experiences. So by traditional astrology, the ninth house is the house where sun has its greatest joy. If we think about the transit of the sun going clockwise, then the sun is at its highest point of heat at around three o'clock, which is the ninth house position. And that's where you have the greatest light. Perhaps we can use the metaphor of the light bulb moment where suddenly you have these um, epiphanies and you see solutions and choices that you didn't see before. But when the ninth house is activated, suddenly you have that consciousness available to you, accessible to you. And certainly people who have a lot of you know, beneficial energy in their ninth house, and we'll talk about these nuances later, they are naturally wired to be solution focused and to be quite positively oriented, looking at the glass half full, very optimistic, always looking at the bright side of life. And in culture, we can say the same about people who would have maybe quite difficult planetary positions or aspects to the ninth house. They may actually quite struggle with that and maybe be quite pessimistic. So overall that. Okay, mm -hmm. awesome. So can you give us like sort of, a, you, you've said optimistic, um, solution-oriented. What are some other just qualities of, of the ninth house? Yeah, so some of the most uh, known keywords, which we can, uh, you know, just use them as bullet, bullet points and derive so many more meaningful expressions and manifestations of the ninth house. The one that is most commonly associated is distance, travel far away. Those types of journeys that you maybe make once in a lifetime, it is associated with pilgrimage because back in the day, in ancient times, traveling far away from home was not common at all. If you left home, it would be for usually for pilgrimage or some greater mission, something really meaningful and important. So it usually speaks, you know, the ninth house manifestations when it is activated, it is often associated with countries you know, far away. And it can be like a physical travel, a distance, or it can be mental journeys, exploring distant places like cosmos uh, mentally. I've noticed if I can go into that detail now, when planets in the ninth house are positioned in the first deacon, first 10 degrees, the manifestations of the ninth house tend to be about travel, physical travel and living in other countries or marrying someone from another country, depending on where the rulers are and how it's connected to other houses. When the ninth house planets are in the second deacon, uh, uh, 11 to 20 degrees, um, it tends to be more like mental travel and a lot of study and education and choosing, you know, university and things like that. 
or, or teaching kind of in the mental field. And then if the planets are in the third deacon, so the 20 to 30 degrees, that tends to be more about spiritual pursuit, religious pursuit, things like that. I would like to invite the viewers to pay attention to that and see if that actually manifests this way in your own life as well. That is fascinating. And I haven't heard it broken down that way. Can you do that with all the houses? Like, have you looked at the yes. deacons of all the houses? Yes. yes. Wow. I've been paying attention to this for many years and it's spot on. So, okay. And, and just so for people deacon who... is uh, physical, second deacon is mental, and third deacon is spiritual. Whoa. Yeah. Fascinating. And for people who don't know what deacon is, can you just give us a quick, a yeah. quick definition? So every zodiac sign has 30 degrees. And if you split that into three deacons of 10 degrees each, that's what it is. Mm. And what if you're right on that 10 or right on that 20? Like, which one are you in the one before or after? It's a bit of both. Okay. You know? Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Okay. So we're talking about travel. We're talking about going great distances. This can be either physical, mental, or spiritual. We're talking about optimism and learning and teaching. Yes. And another huge area that is really prevalent here is personal belief system in terms of kind of our um, personal alchemy journey of how we evolve as a, as a being. When we get to the ninth house, we start to wonder what is the meaning of my life? What am I here to do? What is the meaning of anything I do? So really kind of deep philosophical questions. Julia, we're going to be doing a 13th episode as part of this house series that is covering the different house systems. So Gemini Brett's going to be teaching that one. And I'm just curious to ask you now, we don't need to go too deep into all the different houses and nuances, but which house system do you use? I, because I was interested in deep psychology, I use Placidus throughout the years when I worked with my clients going through regression hypnosis, when I listened to their life stories, because that told me a lot about the stuff that was underdeveloped and stuff that was overdeveloped in their life. Mm. But now more and more so, I look at whole houses first, really started to work more with the archetypal energies and also for transit and work out like my whole house system being very accurate. But it's mm. really down to personal experience and journey and seeing what works for you. Yeah. that meaning and place for different things. Right. I've been um, reiterating that as much as possible for for people because it can be so overwhelming and confusing, especially when you're new. It's like, wait, there's a a bunch of different house systems. Like, How do I choose? So basically you're saying you started with Placidus and that's what you use for how many years in your practice? Seven. Seven years. And now you're starting to branch out and, and experiment and find different times and, and, and opportunities to use other house systems. Right? Yes, I did use whole house system before too, but for transits and future predictions at that time. But because I was looking at the childhood uh, issues, subconscious issues and conditioning, I love Placidus for that reason. Okay, so you, t- you started to touch on this in terms of planetary placements in the ninth house. Can we dive into that a little bit more? What does it mean when you have planets in the ninth house? And conversely, what does it mean when you don't have any planets in the ninth house. Okay. So depending what planet is there, it'll manifest differently. And also then it will connect to different houses and the rest of the chart. So it's, uh, you know, each of this element will add additional puzzle pieces and clues to um, 
how we find higher meaning in life or what are our personal beliefs about life, how we relate to travel, how we relate to education and all these things that we discussed already. So for someone who would have several planets or even like stelium of you know, multiple planets, more than three planets in the ninth house, they will tend to naturally be focused in direction of, you know, thinking about higher truth or searching for truth, being in quest of wisdom, knowledge, information. And it'll all, you know, Monica's differently depend on which zodiac signs are coming into the mix of that and connection to the other houses. I want to point out if there is Saturn, for example, in the ninth house, then the person actually might turn out being quite skeptical about any religious beliefs, um, any philosophy, or even about astrology, because ninth house is also a link to astrology and astrologers. So someone with Saturn in ninth house might actually be quite dogmatic. And if we add Mars to the mix, they might actually be fighting against astrology, against philosophy or religious. And it's kind of funny because they're living the expression of astrology in their own charts, so the paradox of life, right? Yes. I've noticed with people who have, for example, like Chiron in their ninth house or Lilith in their ninth house, when we look at their past lives or ancestral stories, when we look at their soul records, they were reliving an echo of previous experiences where they suffered because of religious dogma, where they say, for example, lived as shaman or naturopaths and when the church was rising and trying to disempower everyone that had direct access to source from within, they suffered that fate. And now they're reliving the similar circumstances with Chiron or Lilith in the ninth house and they are called to stand up for their values and beliefs and not let their power be taken away by dogmatic, judgmental people any longer. So that seemed to have been every single time that I've seen these alignments. I will continue with two more plans, if I may. So if we have someone who has, for example, Venus in their ninth house, they will navigate towards beliefs and personal life philosophy that is connected to music. They may become composers of like devotional music or meditation music or art that becomes quite like a therapy and, you know, their philosophy of life, of their personal expression. If we have someone with Mars in their ninth house, they may navigate towards things like martial arts or Tai Chi, something that is action connected to taking action. But at the same time, there is some higher meaning or uh, philosophy in it. People who tend to have a lot of planets like, say, Sun, Mercury in their ninth house tend to actually be prominent teachers or journalists, publicists, writers, gurus even. And it very much depends on if there is a connection to the 10th house as well. If, if we get to point of um, teachers or professors of, you know, higher education, that there has to, there usually is a connection to the ninth house as well. Perhaps the rulers of the houses are actually sitting in, in each other's houses. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that brings me to the point where, where there is no connection to the 10th house and ninth house. I tend to see that with people who have a career. They choose a career that is really just paying the bills. They don't necessarily have a higher meaning. They don't see higher meaning in what they do. And they don't really mind. It doesn't bother them. They find higher meaning in other things, maybe in their hobby, uh, you know, taking up art class or, or reading books that, that 
expand their horizons, but their career is a separate thing altogether. Whereas people who do have connection between the tent and lighthouse, they will not be happy and satisfied in their career until they do something that aligns with their higher beliefs that are represented by the lighthouse alignment. Fascinating. Wow. You you didn't cover Pluto. Pluto and the lighthouse. It's quite interesting. Tense and transformational. Uh, these people would seek philosophies and perhaps religious experiences that are quite transformational and very intense. So these would be people who perhaps go and live in a shram. And that's, you know, it's like full dive into religious beliefs. Very intense. Okay. So if you're listening to this and wondering how to figure out if you have a connection between your ninth and tenth house, or if you have a connection between your ninth house and any other house in your chart, this is where rulership comes in. And actually, Kaylin Castell, who did our fourth house, used a different word besides rulership. She used resonance, which I was like, oh, I like that. I love it, that. Too. Yeah, if there's resonance right. between the houses. So you can go to astrologyhub.com slash ruler and get our little free guide that helps you figure out um, how to find the different rulers of each house or, or the different resonances between each house and then how those might be connected. So you'll be able to look at your chart and start to put these things together for yourself. So again, that's free. That's at astrologyhub.com slash ruler. Okay. I give an example of when there is yeah. a connection. So for example, Midheaven, the penthouse is cusp of Cancer. Cancer is the cusp of the penthouse. Gemini at the ninth house. And Moon which is ruled by cancer or rules cancer is in the ninth house, for example. And so that person can become a writer of something that is actually quite, you know, touching the emotion, focused on the emotions in some way, for example. I love it. Okay. This is great. Did, is there ninth there house? Gemini and Jupiter <laughs> with this connection as well. Uh, there was Jupiter and Gemini in the ninth house. Mm. So that, that was the writers, <laughs> the journalists person. Mm. Great. Okay. Is there a connection between the ninth house and the third house? Yes. So with astrology, as we know, the 12 houses are, we have these six opposing archetypes that are intricately connected. So whenever we want to expand on our ninth house or where we, when we want to shine our greatest light, when we want to evolve and be the best version we can be, we should always also look at our third house because, you know, we can focus so much on higher philosophy, gaining knowledge and higher understanding. Let's say we have Capricorn ruling the ninth house. We need to look at the cancer as well that would be opposing in this example to deliver the high wisdom in a nurturing way so that people can connect to it. Because the ninth house, if we think of it as a house of God, by traditional astrology, and we think of the ninth house as a house of the goddess, um, and also something that is connected to the people, everyday human commoners, we really want to bring that high wisdom into nibble side, this everyday experience. We want to be able to be relatable and connect on a human level. That's really is the kind of higher octave of expressing the ninth house evolution of our being. Oh, God, I just, I, I marvel all the time, Julia, at how brilliant the design of the cosmos is and how it's just, if, if we're paying attention to all these aspects, they're 
there's a balance that we can create in our lives. It's, you know, sometimes people talk about, you know, new age or spiritual people, and that gets like lumped into one thing often as being woo woo and ungrounded and like, you know, out there and not able to manifest reality in their lives, in their day-to-day lives. So if you're paying attention to this balance or this polar energy, then you would be tapping into both aspects of those things. 100%. Yes. And we could go on and give example of each zodiac sign and the polar opposite of that how to deliver it but i'm not sure if you have that much time Mm. well and now that you've brought it up i'm sure that everybody would want you to do it so i think it i think it'd be helpful yeah maybe a few so if for example we have aries at the cusp of the ninth house it would be someone who um, navigates towards philosophy that um that actually enhances their own identity how they uh what they think about themselves. The more they learn, the more they know, the more confident they become in themselves. And they're quite fiery um, in their delivery and, you know, kind of leadership pioneering way. But they need to always look towards the third house as well, where um, in this example, Libra would be sitting there to deliver their high wisdom, high understanding in a, in a balanced, harmonious way, considering the other people's uh, opinion. The shadow side of Aries ninth house would be someone who kind of speaks at you and it's not really listening to whether actually are interested even in, in what they're teaching it and so on or if, if it's not really connected to the philosophy and learning Aries Lighthouse it would be traveling and, and seeking adventures that are very fiery and maybe even kind of risky but they have to be careful and find some balance in Libra third house making sure that they're safe <laughs> you know, okay if we have Taurus in the cusp of ninth house, it may be someone who needs to look for philosophy or religion that engages their um, physical senses and the teaching philosophy needs to be quite physical. It could also be people who love to learn and study about science, anything that enhances human well-being or enhances something to do with birth, agriculture, things like that. But as they learn their philosophy with Taurus, ninth house people, they tend to stop at some point and are quite satisfied with that. And they keep holding that same philosophy for way too long. They need to look at their Scorpio opposing in the third house and continue evolving, continue expanding and allowing other people's opinions too. So you you can see uh, where I'm going with that. I love it. It's so helpful. Okay, so... There's a, now we're going through some of the commonly asked questions. One of them is, how do you activate the ninth house in your chart? So how can you bring these kinds of energies more into your chart on, or more into your life on a daily basis? Yeah, I would say the first place is to look at the zodiac that is ruling the ninth house, because that will tell you how you will find it. What is the easiest way for you to receive higher guidance because really ninth house is calling you to connect to the intuition and in order to do that you need to first of all create space for us you need to stop the inner chatter so how do you do it people who have a capricorn in at the cusp of their ninth house you would want to create silence for yourself 
And what will motivate you, there's kind of always behind uh, the scene motivation for Capricorn Lighthouse where what you're learning, what you're receiving has to have a meaning, a long-term goal that will benefit others. It's very kind of father-like protector essence. Martin Luther King, for example, had Lighthouse uh, in Capricorn. So, you know, for people like that, you need to find something where it will be useful. It'll be helpful. So if you just do book for the sake of reading it without being able to actually apply it somehow somewhere in your life, you will not do it. It will not speak to you. It will not really evolve you as one example. Or if you mentioned the Aries uh, ninth house, that person will need to do either Tai Chi or something like that. Like they need to have a movement. So look at the meaning of what does it mean when say Libra is at your ninth house and then look for philosophy or religion that is in alignment with that because that will really speak to and really expand you the most if you find mm-hmm. a one that is not matching your modality like either fire earth air water it will you'll just give up and do something else okay that's that's helpful so you basically Anything that has to do with your higher learning and that spiritual expansion, it needs to be aligned with the zodiac sign at the house, the ninth house cusp. That's the like flavor of your spiritual quest or your travel or your exploration or adventure. Yeah. Yes. This is where you have the highest potential to develop your kind of evolving self, expand your horizon, grow, learn. Yeah. Okay. Why do people say that the ninth house is exotic? That's a lovely question. Well, as I mentioned before, it traveling away from home was not quite common and it would usually be long set journeys. So it is strongly, ninth house is strongly connected to faraway places, which would tend to be exotic. And people who have alignments or planetary placement in ninth house, they will naturally be curious about other cultures, other countries, or they would marry someone from other cultures, especially if you have a ruler of the seventh house in the ninth house or vice versa. It's always like by the book example of someone marrying someone from other country, you know, far away, distant places. And can the ninth house actually tell you where you should travel? Yes, I believe so. Again, I suppose someone who has Aries at their at the cusp of their ninth house, it, they will be guided to travel somewhere and for a reason that is aligned with Aries frequency. It could be, and, and remember again, the ninth house is like once in a lifetime journey, something that really can be transformational and really expand our worldview. So Aries one might go to save up a really long time and go to Grand Prix Formula racing <laughs> truck and they meet new connections there and expand their worldview there. Someone who would have, let's say, Aquarius at the cusp of night house, they would navigate towards experiences and countries and places traveling where it's unusual, very almost like the, maybe like communities like uh, ashram or, or, or spiritual uh, places or this kind of new earth idea where 
we live in harmony with nature um, or somewhere like for technologically advanced conference, Aquarius Lighthouse travel reason, <laughs> you know? So it's always associated with that because that's how we expand. Our intuition will guide us to something like that or Venus in ninth house or so Libra at the cusp of ninth house. It'll be traveling or connecting to art or the music or something like that, you know? Yes. Wow. Okay. So we can even get direction on where to travel with this. Mm -hmm. uh, can Ninth House help you decide where to go to college or university or whether or not to go to college or university? Yes, absolutely. So let's say Scorpio at the cusp of Ninth House, it will be person that will navigate towards studying deep psychology or astrology or occult uh, sciences, uh, things like that. If it is Virgo, at the cusp of night house, it will be someone who might be more inclined to choose higher education connected to medical science. And in fact, just last week, I was looking at chart of an 18-year-old who did in 2023 has Pluto entering his ninth house. And he is deciding whether going to university is astrophysicist, his 10th house is Aquarius or traveling abroad and living with his family abroad and just kind of expanding his uh, religious beliefs based on the family that is living agnostic life. So say he, his ninth house will completely transform his worldview with Pluto going through there. So, wow. It's mm -hmm. amazing. I love when it, it works like that. I mean, actually, even in the eighth house discussion, we were talking about how textbook it can be how literal it can be when these things happen. It's not like, you know, giving you a slight indicator. It's like specific spot on. It's yeah. amazing. Yes. Okay. Is there a difference or what's the difference between the ninth house and Sagittarius? Really good question. So with the ninth house, ninth house tells us about where. And the Sagittarius would tell tell us how we experience the where. You know, if we replace Sagittarius with any other zodiac sign, the ninth house will get completely different flavor and will be experienced completely differently, but it still remains ninth house where it's about the higher philosophy, religion, traveling, um, higher purpose. So I suppose the connection in the modern astrology of assigning Sagittarius to the ninth house and Jupiter as a ruler of the ninth house is because we know Sagittarius to have the qualities of fiery, expansive, very positive, eager to learn, always new horizons. And there is some resonance to travel, distance, expansion, things like that. And then Jupiter is all about expansion, good fortune, things like that. So there is some resonance to it, but they're two different things. One is where, one is how. Mm, I like how you're explaining that. There's definitely a lot of confusion around that. So I'm grateful that you're you're reiterating some of the things that other astrologers are saying in terms of sort of, yes, there's resonance between those two things, but decoupling them so that we can look at them as distinct entities. <laughs> you know, there's the ninth house and then there's Sagittarius and then your ninth house will not necessarily have the flavor also of Sagittarius, your ninth house may have the flavor of some other zodiac sign, whichever one is on the cusp, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So Julia, what if someone's looking at their chart and going, okay, I don't, I don't have anything in the ninth house. There's no planets in here. 
what does that mean for them? It's important to gain a lot of information through the zodiac sign that is at the cusp of the ninth house. That'll give you so much information. And then where is the ruler of the ninth house in the natal charge? There will be a dynamic, a connection, the energy will flow between two areas of the house. And it can be quite prominent, even if, even though your ninth house is empty, there may be several planets, say in the eighth house or tenth house, and they're directly linked to the ninth house in one way or another. So actually it, it is activating your ninth house that mm. way. Okay. So it's not all black and white. Can you give us an example of that? So let's let's pretend someone has an empty quote unquote ninth house mm-hmm. and just give us an example of, but, you know, finding the ruler and then finding where that planetary ruler is in the chart and then how you would like synthesize that together. Yes. So for example, my ninth house is ruled by Capricorn. Capricorn is at the cusp of my ninth house. It's empty. And the ruler of that is in my sixth house. The ruler of that, which is Saturn. But Saturn is in my sixth house. And there is also connection to three planets in my eighth house, including Uranus which is uh, ruling my 10th house. So there is like a whole connection between 10, 9, 8, and 6th house, which is reflected in my career as a regression hypnotist or teaching astrology. So my ninth house of Capricorn, it's important for me anytime I learn something that I can apply it as a something that helps people and, um, you know, in a really meaningful way. And... Anything I do in terms of daily duties, you know, the ruler, the Saturn is in my fixed house. I, my everyday affairs are connected to my teachings, my philosophy. Like there is a deep connection between these two houses. And then it also kind of leads into my career fully and completely. So, or for example, okay, the ruler of the ninth house being in the fourth house. So it, is typically someone who completely takes on the beliefs of their family, their parents, everything that household believed in, they will continue on in their in those beliefs, in their own life philosophy. They will be completely like one and the same thing. Does that cover the example? Yes, yes, it's great. I love just helping it come to life a little bit more so people can look at their own chart and start to go, oh, okay, I can see how these things might be linked together and how this is playing out in my life. and. And, and even taking it a step further, how I can actually use this understanding to make even more confident choices in my life and, and, and affirm who I, who I think I am, but like just actually have the confirmation from the chart that yes, like this is who I am. I don't need to try and be anything but this. Yeah. And I can just focus on living the highest expression of what this is. Thank you. I want to share one example that is usually hard to translate into everyday experiences that usually when the ninth house is linked to the twelfth house by rulership, it tends to be people who need a lot of solitude to reflect on their higher life philosophy, higher meaning of life, and who often ponder the importance of the subconscious and everything that happens in the unseen world, mentally, physically, spiritually. And again, look at the deacons of where are the planets positioned. And one more example of my husband who has a fourth house in Pisces and Jupiter in his ninth house at a very early degree. So it's about the physical experience expression of the ninth house rather than philosophy, 
philosophy or teaching, studying, one would presume that Jupiter in ninth house, that it'll be a lot of expansion and the person will be really preoccupied with searching for higher meaning. But it's not the case with my husband at much. Like he gets whatever new concept comes up, but he's not necessarily seeking it. I feel the manifestation of his ruler of fourth in the ninth was really about moving abroad. The, the minute he finished his education, he moved out and he was really quite happy. Um, wow. There, you know? Wow. Amazing. Uh, Julia. I'd love to use this example as well, because it, it is uh, the nuance of, of these, um, of, of in particular Leo in Ninth House, which is his case. I would presume if I didn't know this person that Leo Ninth House, there will be someone who will really crave to be seen and heard in teaching higher philosophy, but it's right. not his case at all. It, it really was about moving abroad. And today, as I was reflecting on it, I realized that he shines the most whenever we travel abroad, whenever he's in a completely new environment. He, he's in his element. He loves exploring, getting to learn uh, about the new places. So that's how that Leo is uh, manifesting there. And again, it's perhaps because it is Jupiter at a very early degree. It's really about the traveling rather than, you know, higher education and teaching. Although the it's physical. Constantly pass. The, the physical part, like yeah. you were saying earlier. So the, the first one through 10 being physical, 10 through 20 being mental, and then 20 through 30 being more the spiritual yeah. realms. Wow. Fascinating. And how validating for him. And, and, and actually how directing for him. Because now he knows that that's an important part of life for him. It's not a nice to have or, you know, it's not an indulgent luxury. It's like part of his wiring that he, when he does those things, that's when he experiences the most expansion, where he is the most himself, you know, all those things. It's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And how lucky for him that you know that about him. Like, how beautiful. Because then you don't have to to think about him being any other way. It's like just encouraging him to be who he is in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful, Julia. Now, as an inner circle astrologer coming up, what will your masterclass be for our members, our students? Galactic center, super galactic center, great attractor, and Shockley Attractor, these massive, mighty black holes, magnetic forces, and how they influence evolution of our consciousness on individual and collective level. And bringing that actually into this, if you have, you know, Sagittarius uh, degrees, uh, early Scorpio degrees, early Libra degrees, they're connected to these uh, powerful forces. If you have these in the ninth house, I found through so many students in our course that you have access to quantum awareness. People are wired to cosmic consciousness. They are able to perceive things in a very multidimensional way. So if Ninth House has any of these like galactic center, super galactic center, there's the attractors, it, it's like a whole water level of consciousness. And oh it's gosh. to be that way for any people that have these alignments. So it's going to be an amazing thing to explore with you. Julia, I'm having an insight in your chart. And one of the reasons why I really love you as a teacher, well, as a human, but also as a teacher, is is it? I can feel that Capricorn uh, ninth house because you are able to convey very like mind-blowing out there, like cosmic ideas in a very grounded and practical and believable you know there's like there's something so tangible about the way that you do it whereas i could see someone else maybe it being just so out there that most people 
can't get it and they can't understand why it would matter in their life today. But you are very uniquely skilled at doing that. And so I love having that little insight in your chart and then watching it play out um, in the way that you show up and teach and facilitate and all of it. It's really, really beautiful to watch it in action. Thank you so much. That brings me to a point of mentioning the notes because we didn't talk about them, having them in the ninth house. So someone who would have south note in their ninth house, they tend to, re- sorry, north note in the ninth house, north note, north lunar note in the ninth house, they will tend to uh, want to just stay away from anything religious and dogmatic and philosophical. They'll just prefer to be in that Gemini way. That's their comfort zone, kind of socialite experience and the other way around if you have north node in third house it will be your nature to talk about high wisdom philosophy things that are out there and mm-hmm. i speak from experience and it, this is actually something that really helped me bring higher wisdom into digestible nibble sizes because my north node is in gemini so i understand that for many many lifetimes i was speaking truth, living on the mountain, um, you know, being astrologer hidden in the, the house just with the telescope and, you know, being uh, charts, but not really delivering it to society. And in this life, I'm not allowed to do that. I have to be connected to humanity and deliver it in understandable, um, you know, nimble sizes. Oh my gosh. Thankfully so for that. us. Yeah, thankfully <laughs> for us, that is the wiring this time. So thank you, Julia, for selecting that beautiful design and thank you universe so amazing julia this has been such a gift thank you so much for being with us if you love julia's teaching and you're loving the teaching of all the different teachers that we're highlighting here at on this house series highly recommend that you get on the wait list for the inner circle we are going to be opening up enrollment very soon and we're going to have a kickoff event that you're all invited to as well where you're going to get to meet all these teachers once again we're going to be talking about big life transits, so life-changing transits that happen um, throughout everybody's life. So the ones that we all share, and then some of the unique ones that that um, are happening right now in this period of time, but also unique ones that might come up for you in your chart. And we're going to be featuring all 13 of the astrologers that you're meeting as a part of this house series, and all 13 astrologies who are going to be guiding us through um, this next year ahead. And Julia, this has been such a pleasure. The ruler guide, the free gift, if you haven't picked that up yet, astrologyhub.com slash ruler. The wait list for the inner circle, astrologyhub.com slash IC23. IC as in inner circle. And then the number is 23. Why? Anything else you want to say before we wrap up, Julia? Just adding the fixed stars to, to the picture. Ah, Yes. Yeah, I highly recommend people to look at the different degrees of various known big stars. And if you have those aligned to any of the planets in the mind house, you can kind of work with that high wisdom of that um, star system to, mm. to help you evolve. Because people who would have, for example, Arcturus connected to their night house or Sirius, they tend to have these qualities of deep, profound wisdom, very ancient wisdom. In connection to to being a kind so there is another layer you can go even deeper if that speaks to you it's endless i love how <laughs> multifaceted it is and, and if you're listening to this going what fixed stars arcturus what are you even talking about it's okay all these different layers of the 
it, for me, it's like the code of reality. <laughs> it, they will, you will get exposed to them and you will be, when you're ready for them, you'll be able to retain it and it won't feel overwhelming. So whatever amount you can grasp right now, that's the perfect amount for you. And you will just continue to ripen in this journey and get more and more and more from your immersion in this language and in this, you know, way of perceiving the world. So it, it, to, what I love to say is just enjoy the journey, relax. There's no grades. There's no destination. It continues to unfold as you just continue to say yes to going deeper. So just want to leave you with that little reminder and really looking forward to connecting with you next week for the 10th house. If you've missed any of the episodes in this series, they are there for you. You can go have a binge watching weekend and just get totally caught up um, and you will be amazed at how much you learn and pick up as you go. And again, leave anything that is over your head for now and you'll come back to it in a couple of years and go, oh my gosh, I can understand so much more. This is amazing. And that's just basically how it works. So thank you so much for being here, Julia. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks to all of you for tuning into this series, for being a part of our community, and as always for making astrology a part of your life. We'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.